Man, good morning. Man, so excited to be with you guys this morning. I've been looking forward to this um, all week. My battery's about dead, so if I'm squinting or whatever, it's because I can't actually read. But we'll just get it close and hope for the hope for the best this morning. Um, man, so thankful just to be in the house. Uh, I don't know about you guys this week, and I don't know where you've been or what you've done. I've had kind of an amazing week in Jesus. Um, we went to Passion. Um, yeah, woo-hoo. thank you. Thank you, three people. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's okay. I won't hold that against you. But, man, just such a good time to get away from everything else um, for just a few days and just meet with Jesus. And um, I just want to be honest, there's nothing else. There's no, other, there's no other thing. If we turned off all the lights and unplugged all the stuff, at the end of the day, we could still do what we do um, because it's all founded around one thing, right? And that's the name of Jesus. So, like, if if the reason we're here, we like the lights, that's awesome. Um, thanks for coming. Um, but there's more. If the reason you're here is because you like the music, that's great. Um, but I just want to tell you, if you're settling for that, there's more. Uh, and if you like the message, God bless you. Um, and um, that's great, but there's more. Um, we're not here to do a set of things or to, to, to set in a building and go through a program, but we're here to meet with Jesus. And And I think... Um, hopefully we, we can get around that idea this morning. But this morning we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 9, and we're just going to um, kind of just fill out where God's going the next few weeks. Um, I think it might be a series or it might not, but what I do know is that this is where God would have us this morning for today. Um, I heard something this week, and it was... Um, that passion, so a lot of stuff is going to be based on the overflow of spending a couple day with God, uh, days with God, but um, I'll be honest, this year, um, some years it's like everything's for you, you know what I mean, like you're just sitting there and you're like, how does he know all this stuff, and this year it wasn't like that for me at all, um, it, but it was a good time to get away with God and just to hear him say, um, just over what, it, what he spoke Sunday, um, you're doing what I'd have you to do, um, that's a good thing to hear, by the way, from God. Um, it's way better than, hey, get your act together, right? <laughs> and um, and I heard that, but one thing that I did hear that was so perspective shifting for me was uh, during Louis's talk, and um, fast forward through all the stuff that doesn't matter, um, we got to a moment where he just said, um, and it was kind of like it perked my heart up, he said, um, some people ask me, how do you balance everything? I don't know if you know anything about Louis Giglio. He's the guy that preaches the word of God. It's pretty famous. God's blessed him. It's not about that for him, and I think he would tell you the same thing, but uh, he does a lot of stuff, and one of those things is he, he's a lead pastor at a church. Another is he runs these conferences called Passion Conferences. Um, his wife owns a record company. You can kind of get on board with he's doing a lot of stuff and somebody asked him how do you balance all these things and 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 the thing that just got me was he said who wants to balance anything (laughs) one of the probably busiest preachers on the planet who wants to balance anything that's what he said he said i just run hard and that like, gripped my heart in the moment because I think so much we get caught up in like we've got to give equal time to this and this and this and this and, and what a lie that is you're seriously telling me that you think God expects you to give equal time to the Jesus who died for you to your family. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? Or equal time to the God who gave his life for you to your career. Those things should be equal, 50-50, right? Or equal time to your hobbies or equal time to your rest time. You think that that's the plan of God for us. But somehow we buy into that, don't we? We've got to balance everything. 
and to hear from somebody who is farther along, um, probably in his ministry than all of us in this room, uh, to hear those words, who wants to balance anything, just gripped me. Um, because, man, what, what reality there is in that. And my hope is that this year for me, I can't speak for you, um, but this year would be defined by that, that, that I would run hard. See, the, the reality of it is, I don't know how many years or days or minutes I have left on this planet. Do you realize that? And spend all your time waiting for retirement. You may never get there. Right? Spend all your time waiting to serve God this date, this time, when I reach this point in life. Well, what happens if you end your life before you get to that point in your life? What happens at that moment? So here's, here's like the reality for us. We have to deal with this question. If, if I had to go to heaven today and stand before God in the moment of my life that I'm in right now, would I be ashamed to bring what I have? But God, I went to church, but I, I was just trying to balance everything. Like, how will that work out in the, in the economy of heaven? So I, I don't know for you, and I, I'm not saying go change your whole life. I'm just saying maybe that God wants to change mine. Uh, and I'm just inviting you into that thought this morning. But what if this year was defined by all of us with that, that thought? Like, I just want to run hard this year. Like, it may be the last one I get, and I just want to run hard. I want to take this year, and I want to squeeze everything I can out of this moment because I may not get another what would that do for us? And what would it do for the people around us? What, it, what would we look like? And, and, and I think as I was digging through, God, what would you have us to say this morning? Um, 1 Corinthians 9 kind of popped in. And it's um, a letter written to the church at Corinth by a man named Paul. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's semi-famous in the church world. Um, but it, just so if, if you don't know, he wrote like most of the New Testament, a lot of it, a big percentage of it. And these are the words of Paul to this church at Corinth, a group of people like us who would define themselves as people probably who have come into a relationship with Jesus, or at least I said the prayer of the time, right? Like that whole thing. I said the center of prayer, I'm good. Um, this is written to that group of people, and it largely deals with like, how do you live out this thing we call the Christian life? And in chapter 9, verse 24, he, he gives us this great theological statement. He says, do you not know that the runners in a stadium all race? Thank you for that, Paul. Man, that is deep biblical truth right there this morning, right? Like, if you're taking notes, like, that's the first thing you wrote down. Like, man, that, that changed me. Um, the runners in the stadium all race. I did not know that, right? Anybody? No life-changing truth in that, huh? And, and he says, do you not know the runners in a stadium all race? But he says, but only one receives the prize. Nothing new revelation there, huh? Man, I was reading this like it was uh, amazing news for me. I didn't know that. I'm not a runner. I didn't know much about running. I don't really watch running. I don't see the point in it. It's like NASCAR to me. I'm sorry if you're a NASCAR fan. They just like drive around in a circle, and whoever gets there the 542nd time, the first is the one who wins. Like, I, I don't, whatever floats your boat, man. If that's your thing, that's your thing. It's not my thing. Um, but he, he, he puts in here, and you're like, what does that have to do with the Christian life, right? Like, he drops this statement in here in verse 24, and he's just saying, don't you know that everybody at the stadium, all the runners in the race, they all race, but only one wins. Like, I don't see where you're going with that. Well, maybe I don't either, but um, 
I think what he's saying this morning is like, let me take you down to the stadium. He's using an analogy, right? Let's go down here to the stadium and let's talk about what's going on here. When we go to the stadium and we look down at the track, there's however many lanes there are, 9, 10, 50, I don't know. I've never watched a race. Um, But you go down there and you see, and everybody that lines up is there for one reason, right? One purpose. And that purpose is everybody that showed up came to run the race, Everybody that showed up that day, nobody, everybody that showed up that day came to run the race. There's nobody that showed up that day, what he's saying is, just to watch from the track. Oh man, this is going to be amazing. Bang, look at that guy go. Like nobody goes down there for that. Nobody's just like, man, I just come to run with you. I don't, I don't want to win. I just, I, let's do this thing. Let's stay together. Let's just both cross at the same time. Like nobody's going down there for that. Nobody goes to run with the pack. Like everybody that goes down there runs, and the goal in their brain is I have to win this race. I have to get to the finish line before you get to the finish line, and you get to the finish line, and you get to the finish line, because only one person gets the medal. You're like, what does that have to do with church, right? See, I think this would be a revolutionary idea in the church, wouldn't it? First of all, let's just start here. Everybody that shows up should come for a reason and a purpose, right? Nobody come to, it's not a spectator sport is what he's saying. Like running is not a spectator sport. You don't just come down to the track, block up, lean over, and watch everybody go from the track. That's a stadium kind of thing. That's people that aren't part of the race. Everybody that shows up to the race shows with one purpose, and that purpose is to win the race. Nobody showed up in the race to like just run with the pack, right? Like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do what you guys do. I'm just gonna let's just hang out down here on the track. Let's, uh, let's we'll all get there kind of around the same time. It'll be amazing. He says everybody that comes to the track comes with one goal, and that goal is to win. It's this mentality. It's this mindset that I'm not. I don't really care what you guys are doing. I care what I'm doing. And and my last time was nine minutes and thirty two seconds. So I'm gonna try to beat that. So Paul just drops in that little racing nugget. Apparently, he's a racing fan. Uh, And then he goes on and he says to the church now, not to the racetrack people right, or the people who are athletic or the people who just are really into this game. He's like, uh, run so that you may win or run in such a way that you may win. He, he walks the church down to the track, right, like mentally. He uses analogies. Like, let's just talk about the track for a minute. Everybody that goes to the track goes with a purpose. And that purpose is to run the race. Nobody come just to watch today. Nobody come just to kind of do what everybody else is doing today. Everybody that goes to the racetrack, not church, the racetrack, they go with a purpose, and the purpose is to win. And everybody trains, and everybody pushes, and everybody runs. Nobody's like, hey, I'm just not really into it today. Like, everybody does the thing because at the end of the day, only one person receives a medal. And then he turns to the church, people like us, and he says, run in a way that you may win. Run in such a way that you may win. What he's saying to the church is, hey, you don't have time really just to kind of waste time going through the thing, and you didn't really just come today just to show up and run with the pack. I just want you to know there's a thing that will make a difference in our life. It's monumental, actually, shift in most of our lives. If we would come with a goal, then we would run. And if we're going to run, let's run in a way that we may win or run hard. You're like, why is that monumental in the church? Well, let's just be honest. Most of the people in the church that we've ever come in contact with are fans of comparison, right? 
We're not running in a way that we may win and we don't know what everybody else is doing. We're running in a way that's I'm going to go about as fast as you do. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with about the stamina and the speed of the people around me. I'm not going to be an overachiever because nobody's a fan of overachievers. I don't really want to be an underachiever to the point where, like, everybody is noticing. I just want to run in the pack. You get me? It's this group mentality. It's this mob mentality, this idea that we're all just going to kind of do this thing at the same pace. And Paul's like, that's never been the point of, of the church. The, the church has never been just about coming together and sitting together and doing the same thing. So he looks at the church and he says, run in a way that you may win. Run in a way that you may win. Run hard is what he's saying. You're like, well, why does that mean anything to me? Well, let's just be honest. Most of us are not very good at following Jesus. Can we just say that today together? Like, let's just be honest with it today. Most of us are not very good at following Jesus. We're good at following the church. We're good at following the people around us. We're good at following like Brother Bob, right? Like we will do what Brother Bob is doing. But what that does for most of us is it kind of rocks us into this place of, I'm just going to run as hard as the people around me. So if the people around me, they're involved in Bible study, like maybe I'll do that. And the people around me are reading the Bible, like, maybe I'll do that. And the people around me, like, they're listening to Caleb, like, I'm going to at least do that when they get in the car, right? <laughs> like, it's going to be the thing. Um, if the people around me, like, they, they pray out loud, maybe I'll pray out loud. But really what we're doing is we're basing our relationship with God on the people around us. It's this mob mentality, this mentality that I'll just run as hard as the people around me. And can I just say, that's never what it was meant to be. Because here's the reality, none of us are very good at it. We get so focused on what everybody around us is doing, and we get into this place of comparison, and really what we end up doing is we slow down the whole race, right? Well, I mean, why am I trying so hard? They're way back there. I'm just going to come back here with you. Like, what, what if that happened in a real race, right? I'm in first place. I'm 42 feet above everybody else. I'm just like, I'm just going to slow it down a little bit. I'm going to get back here, and I'm going to run with you. And then we're like, well, why are we running so hard? We got these people back here like 30 more feet behind us, so we're just going to back up. And that's what we see in the church. You feel that? Right? Like even this morning during worship, right? Like, oh, there weren't as many people raising our hands, so I can't raise my hand. Heaven forbid I go to the extra thing and I put my hand in the air because then people might think I'm weird, so I'm just going to run with the pack. Right? Let's just be honest. I'm not trying to kick anybody this morning. Um, or let, let's do this. Uh, when we pray out loud. Well, I don't want to pray too loud because if I pray too loud, like, they're going to think I'm weird. I don't want to pray too loud. That's just from this morning, right? Like, that's just a little snapshot. We see how we, we do this in life and in the church. Let me ask you this. Can you think of an example of anybody who's just out there way beyond everybody else? Somebody that you're like, man, I, how'd you get out there? How is your life so different from everybody else around us? I want to run with you. Now, odds are you can't because we're all slowed back into the pack, right? Maybe like, I mean, he's a little farther. 
But like, is anybody running like so different that like everybody's like that is the relationship I want to be? And I'll just be honest, that's the person who's running after Jesus. Not the 800 people kind of grouped up here in the middle. So Paul steps into this church, this area of probably spiritual complacency, and, and, he, and he says, let's just think about something real quick. Let's, let's step out of the church, because we get kind of blinded by like everybody's doing the same thing, and let's go down to the racetrack. Look at the racetrack. You know, every one of those people down there, when they pull that gun, every one of those people are going to run. And they're not going to be worried about what JoJo in lane three is doing. Because I'll be honest, if you can see JoJo in lane three, it's because you're losing the race. All those people are going to be so focused on what's ahead of them, on this goal that there's one person that wins, they're going to run without thought of what everybody else is doing. And then he says, let's step back into the church now. Run in a way that you might win. He's not saying it's a competition. I'm not trying to out-Christian you. That's a waste of my time. I'm not trying to pray more elaborate prayers so that you believe I'm closer to Jesus than you. That's a waste of time. And I'm not trying to throw my hand up and jump around so that you think I'm more spiritual than you because that's a waste of time. What he's saying here is focus on the goal and then run towards the goal. Run hard. Run fast. Run forward, right? This is in 25. Now, everyone who competes, back to the racetrack, exercises self-control in everything. He says, let's think about these guys and what got them to the track today. These guys have exercised some self-control in their life. Here's, here's what I mean by that. Let me just step into the place of Paul, probably also not a runner. Um, I don't look like a runner, Right? This is not going to hurt my feelings. You can agree. I don't look like a runner. Um, maybe we don't know what a runner looks like, but I'm not him. Um, this is a better view. Um, I'm not a runner. I, I don't like to run. I actually hate running to the point where, like, if I actually do work out, which doesn't happen a lot, I just kind of skip that part and I go to the weights because I'm okay with that. It's manly. I'll do that. Uh, but I don't like to run. It's not fun for me. hurts my feet. You get all sweaty. I just I don't like running. Um, but if you're going to be a runner, what he's saying is you've you got you to gotta be a runner. You've got to exercise self-control in your life because it's a hard thing to be a runner. Like, you don't just wake up and like, dude, I want to I be in the Olympics. Like, I can't just walk up to the Olympic board today and be like, you know what? I think I'm going with you. <laughs> Two years from now, wherever we show up, I don't even know where it's going to be. Two years from now, wherever we show up, I'm just going gonna, gonna to go down to the track, put me in whatever lane you want, get me a jersey. I'm going to do the thing. That's not how that works. Actually, if you want to be in the Olympics, you've got to do some training. I don't know if you've ever heard of that word, but you've got, you got to do some stuff to get you there, right? Like, you're not just showing up like, here's my jersey, I bought this at the Goodwill. Like, you're not, you're not doing that. You have to do some training. It says that they exercise self-control in everything. Runners probably have a special, special runner diet. I'm not a runner, so I don't really know. But, uh, but I know when you do other sports, you have to eat certain ways to build certain muscles, to do certain things. Like, that's just a reality of it. You've got to show up and you've got to train every day. It's not like a, uh, I'm going to show up once a week or twice a week. It's like a, I'm going I'm to kind of devote my life to this thing. 
You know that there are people that are in the Olympics that they don't only train every day. They will, their whole family will uproot from whatever town they're in and they will move to a specific town or a specific area, a specific place so they can train for this sport with this teacher. Like they'll just leave everything. Like if you're going to be a runner in the Olympics, you don't get to just go out and hang out with your friends whenever you feel like it, right? Your friends go to movies and you don't go with them if you even have friends because you're so devoted, you're so fixated on the goal. I'm going to be in the Olympics, I'm going to try to win, right? Like you, you don't get to have a normal social life and do normal social things. Actually, uh, you, you're just pretty much devoted to, I want to run this race. I'm not talking about like I'm a kid at, you know, blah, 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 middle school and I'm running in the track. Like that's hard and you got to go to practices. I'm talking about like big league running, right? You, you don't get to just like show up. Because if you're going to win and you're going you're gonna to win uh, 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 the prize, you've got to be trained, you've got to be conditioned, you've got to be ready, you've got to look the part, you've got to play the part, you've got to be the part. He says, now everybody who runs in a race exercises self-control in everything. And he says, however, back to the church, or no, still on them, sorry. Uh, however, they do it to receive a perishable crown. He says, think about this. These people that are running in this race, they, they devote their whole life to this thing, and they're doing it for a perishable crown, or basically one that's not going to actually mean anything for a long time. Maybe they get the gold medal, right? Like, that's top honors. I'm in the Olympics. I'm the best runner in the world. I got the gold medal. I get to stand on the box. They play the national anthem for me. I make it to the newspaper, and then four years later, somebody else comes and steps in my spot. Because there's always going to be somebody that's better. Or at least eventually there will be. Because somebody's going to train harder and somebody's going to work harder and you're going to go one way and they're going to go the other way and they're going to pass you. He said they do this for a, a perishable crown, whatever it is, that trophy, that medal, it's going to collect dust, that newspaper, it's going to fade away. Eventually your name's not going to mean anything. They do all this work. They uproot their whole family. They eat a certain way. They train a certain way. They, they disregard their social life. They, they, they live, eat, sleep. They, they, they do the whole thing towards running because that goal, that medal, that, that moment is worth it to them. They orchestrate their whole life around, I want to win. And they do it for a perishable crown, 15 minutes of fame, Right? And he says, but we, back to the church, an imperishable one. Man, they do all that stuff for some medal or some trophy that's going to collect dust that, that for, for a name and a paper that one day nobody's going to remember unless you Google, like, who won running in 1922. Like, really, like, nobody's going to know and nobody's going to care for very long. Maybe 15 minutes, maybe even four years. Maybe if you're really good at it, maybe you get eight. Maybe if you're really good at it, you stretch it out over three years of Olympics. But eventually, right, you're going to get old and somebody else is going to slide into your spot and then you're done. And nobody's going to know and nobody's going to care. Maybe some of you guys are, like, super into sports and you're like, oh, I remember who won the Super Bowl three years ago. I don't know who won last year. And they worked really hard to get there, I'm sure. And I care 0%. And I'm going to watch it this year. And those guys worked really hard to get there. But I'm going to be honest, I'm watching it for the commercials because I don't care. <laughs> and then two weeks later, you're going to be like, who won? I'll be like, I don't know. Because I don't care. Right? Like, maybe that's your thing. But let's be honest, I'm probably the attitude of the majority of the planet. You know who in Africa cares who won the Super Bowl? Nobody right? Doesn't matter. 
in the, in the grand scheme of things, in the strand of eternity, what does a football game matter? What does a championship ring or 27 championship rings matter? Because you're going to die. And then somebody's going to get your rings or they're going to put them in a box with you. And then he looks at the church and he's like, they do all that work. And maybe for a few minutes, that fame feels really good. But then somebody takes that crown or somebody takes that medal or somebody takes that belt or somebody takes that title, somebody takes that spot on the box, somebody takes it and it doesn't matter anymore and nobody cares. And he looks at the church and he's like, but what about us? They do all that work. They, 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 they push their whole life into that moment, into that little 15 seconds on that box that you hear your national anthem play. They push their whole life into that moment. And they seem like nothing else matters. Because that goal, that medal, that whatever is worth it to them. So they push everything else away. You know what movies athletes probably see? Probably not very many. You know how many friends most of them have, unless they're people on the team with them? Probably not very many. You know how many of them get to have family time? Probably not very many. You know how many of them have money if they're not actually winning? Not many. But they orchestrate their whole life around that moment because that medal seems like it's worth it to them. And then he looks at the church and he's like, but think about us. Think, think about us, church. We aren't running for a medal. We're not. We're not running for a, a trophy. We're running, it says, for an imperishable crown, one that doesn't fade away. One that in 15 minutes is not going to be lost and forgotten. One of real significance and real importance. You know what that crown is? Not heaven. Heaven's like the box we get to stand on, right? But it's not the crown. They're not, I'm going to see my family again. That's a, that's a great benefit and a side effect to the goal, but it's not the goal. It's like the national anthem playing. It's in the background. It's cool that it's there. It's not the reason we're running. See, the goal is that, that we're going to get to see this God who made us, that one day we're going to get to see Jesus who came and died for us, the one who set us free from sin, shame, death, and hell, that guy. We're going to get to lock eyes with him one day. That's the goal that he's talking about, right? Like heaven seems like a, a little thing, actually, in comparison to I'm going to actually see Jesus one day. Like, it's a cool place. It's a great side effect of the fact that I'm going to see Jesus. It's, it's better than the other place. I'll give you that. Any idiot would pray a prayer if it meant I don't have to go to hell, right? Like, I, I could talk anybody into that. But see, the reality of it is, it's not I don't have to go to hell, and it's not I get to go to heaven, and it's not mom and dad will be there, and it's not it's a cool 67 degrees the whole time in heaven. It's not that I'll have a mansion, whatever that looks like, and it's not that I'll have a heap of treasure in heaven, if that's a thing. It's not that there's streets of gold, and it's not that there's pearly gates, and it's not not any of that stuff. It's that one day, if I run my race, if I, if I actually do this thing, I'm going to get to see Jesus. That I'm going to get to be with the God who made me and loves me and came for me, who died on a cross for me to set me free into that. That's the goal. And I'll be honest, if that's not good enough for you, quit running the race. Because if that's not going to do it, heaven is also not going to do it. It's a place, and it's a pretty place. It's not really that big of a deal in comparison. And if it's, I get to see mom and dad one day, quit running the race. 
That's good news. I'm happy for that. But it's not anything in comparison to him. See, the reality of it is the goal he's talking about here is not something like heaven or pearly gates or any of that stuff. It's I'm going to lock eyes with Jesus forever. I'm going to be with him. I'm going to be in his presence. Like that's the goal that he's talking about here. And he says, these people do all that work for a trophy. They do all that work to stand on a box and have their picture taken with a medal that they're never going to wear again, hanging around their neck. Like they do all that. They do all that maybe to get on a box of cereal if they actually get that far. But we're going to see Jesus. And seeing Jesus makes a medal and a trophy and a box of cereal look really stupid. Do you not know that all the runners in the stadium all race? They don't just stand around and run with the pack, do they? They train. They work hard. They, they run towards the goal. They disregard everything else. They don't try to balance anything. And what they win isn't worth anything. Can't you just feel him looking at them being like, what are you doing? Can you feel that? What are you doing? All the runners in a stadium all race, and only one person wins, but everybody gives up everything to run the race. And here we are in church balancing stuff. I've got to have just as much free time as I have Jesus time. That's an idol. You crush idols. I've got to have just as much family time as I do Jesus time. That's an idol, and we crush idols got to have just as much play time as we have Jesus time. That's an idol, and we crush idols. We've got to have just as much money as have Jesus time. That's an idol, and we crush idols because you can't have idols and run the race. He says in 26, therefore, because of this, and this is Paul talking, he says, I don't run like one who runs aimlessly or without a goal. I don't run like somebody who forgets where the goal is, is what he's saying. I don't run just around the track, just weaving and darting, trying to figure out where the finish line is. I know where the finish line is. I'm running with the goal in mind, is what he's saying. He says, I don't box. Let's just change analogies in case you're not runners. I don't box like one who beats the air. You ever seen somebody box and they hit one of those little weird punching bag, teardrop-looking things? It'd be like, here's the goal, and I'm over here. Just kind of everywhere around the bag. It'd be the equivalent of like if I shut my eyes, somebody spun me around and aimed me the wrong direction, and I'm just trying to find the bag. <coughs> so I don't, I, don't, I don't box like somebody who beats the air. I'm not just wasting time swinging my arms around. I'm not just wasting time running around this track. I know where the goal is. I know where the bag is. I know what I'm aimed toward. He says in 27, instead or instead of that, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. It's the words of Paul, right? Instead of just running around the track, instead of just punching everywhere that my fist carries me, I bring my body under strict control. Uh, 
It's not talking about I beat my body until it does what I want it to, by the way, if you're one of those people. Um, What he's talking about here is he does what the runners do, right? These runners that want to run this race and want to win this race, they cast off everything that will keep them from getting to that place. And what Paul here is saying is, I've seen the goal. I've seen the prize. I know know exactly what I'm running toward is what he's saying. I'm not still down here confused about what the goal is. I'm not just coming to church because that's the thing that you do is what he's saying. Like church is not the goal. It's, It's a side effect of the goal. Like you will do that if you're running towards the goal, but it's not the goal. And he's not saying, like, I try to be a moral person. Like, maybe that's some of you, you're so caught up in morality. Morality's false, because morality's based on whatever your version of morals is. Right? You can't be moral, because you can't be God. But you'll aim at it if you're aimed at God. It's not like I'm going to get bogged down trying to be a good person. I'm going to run toward God, and if, if I run toward God, all those other things will start to make sense. They'll come into alignment, is what he's saying. I'm not going to sing worship music all the time because I want to sing worship music. He's not saying that. You, you'll, you'll listen to that, and you'll put good stuff in if you're aimed towards God. But what he's saying is, I'm not caught up trying to run around and figure out if religion is the goal, or heaven is the goal, or people is the goal. I know the goal is God. And the goal is so impressive It's so worth it. Everything in my life is orchestrating itself to run toward that goal. Can I just be honest with you? The problem with us is not that we that we aren't moral enough. Amen. You can amen that. That's a good that's a good nugget right there. The problem with us is not that we aren't moral enough. Thank you, Caleb. I'm gonna just keep saying it till we amen that, because it's true. The problem with us is not that we are not moral enough. And the problem with us is not that we don't know enough. The problem with us is not that we don't have the right radio station in our car. The problem with us is not that we don't dress the right way. The problem with the church today is we've seen something like Jesus, and it's just not impressive enough. Because if what we saw caught our attention, we couldn't run toward anything else. You you know the issues in your life and the reason we're trying to balance things and the reason we're trying to make sense of stuff and the reason we're all running in the middle of the pack? It's because we haven't seen Jesus. We've seen something like Jesus, and we're running towards who knows what. That Jesus, what we saw, is just not impressive enough to cause us to aim everything in that direction. It's not that we don't pray enough. It's that we're not impressed enough. It's not that we don't worship enough. It's that we're not impressed enough. It's not that we don't serve enough. It's that we're not impressed enough. It's not that we don't read enough. It's that we're not impressed enough. I'll just be honest. If you're not reading this, it's because you don't want to. There are tool after tool after tool after tool to help you read this. And you can pray to read it all day long. But until you pick it up, you're never going to read it because that's how it works. God, help me read your word. I printed millions of them (laughs) in 47 million different languages. If you're not reading, it's because you're not impressed. If you're not praying, it's because you're not impressed. It's not, God, help me to pray. No, pray. Right? Like prayer is a language where we can speak with God in heaven. The one who died for us, that came for us, that saved us. We can speak to the creator of everything. And you're like, I just, I'm just not a good prayer. 
No, you just don't care. Because once you realize who you're talking to and you're impressed by that, you probably won't shut up. I'm driving down the road. I'm turning the radio off because right now I, I, I want to worship, but I'm, I'm going to worship you in prayer today, Jesus. This is going to sting. I love you. Just know that. The reason when we sing songs about him coming and dying and, and we stand there like we're mad is not that we don't know how to worship. The reason that today um, we had to have the whole conversation of, hey, we're singing, all the earth will sing your praise, and we're not even singing his praise, is because we aren't impressed enough. Because here's, here's the deal. If you're impressed, it doesn't matter if there's music. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's good. It doesn't matter what the song set is. It doesn't matter if it's out of a hymnal or on the wall. If you're impressed, you'll worship. Mary had a little lamb. Oh, yes, she did. His name was Jesus, right? Like, I can get pumped about that. The reason we're trying to figure out how to navigate life and we're trying to figure out if, if we even can follow Jesus, let's be honest, it's not how, it's if we even can, if we want to. It's not because we don't know how, it's because when Jesus said, if anybody wants to follow me, he has to take up his cross and follow me. We, we know when we hear that, that means death. Maybe not today, maybe not here, maybe, maybe, maybe not right? But we know what it means. A cross is an instrument of death. And Jesus says to people that want to follow him, if you want to follow him, you got to die. You know why we're not dying all over the place? And I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about like just everything that's not him in our life. You know why there's just not dead parts of our life laying all over the place and we're still trying to balance things? Because we're not impressed enough. Because when you're not impressed, you can, you can justify, right? Like, I mean, I mean, I mean, I love those people. I mean, I, I gotta have, I gotta have a job. I gotta, I can't talk about Jesus because I may get fired. He told you to die, fired, pretty easy way off. I can't talk about Jesus. They may get uncomfortable. See that balancing act, and, and you can't win because Jesus didn't say, "Come balance, come, come add me on, come tack me on." He said, "Come die." But you'll never die till you're impressed. And you'll never be impressed till you see what the goal is. The goal of reading your Bible is not so you can be a good Christian, so you can know him. So when you get there and you're standing before him, right, like you, you can look at somebody that you can, you can, you can see. You're, most of us are going to walk into heaven and we're going to be like, man, I wish I would have taken this seriously. Because the goal is that when we get there, Jesus steps up and he says, good job you did good well done you are you did it right like what's it going to mean for jesus to look at you and be like you did it you made it and you did it you didn't halfway do it you didn't kind of do it you didn't play games you didn't waste time balancing things that was a lie from the devil and you saw that you just ran for it you did it way to go that's better than standing on a box Wouldn't that feel good? Gina, you did it. You got here. 
And man, you didn't play games, you ran. Rick, you, did, you didn't waste time, man. You ran. You came here running. And I know you look banged up and beat up, but you got here, right? And you ran. Kenny, you made it. You made it, man. Congratulations. You are here in heaven, Kendall. You got here, brother. Congratulations. Isn't that better than some stupid medal? That's what he's saying. Isn't that better? Isn't that worth more? Isn't that, isn't that worth more than 15 seconds of fame? Isn't that worth more than your name in a newspaper? Some of us are chasing the wrong thing, the wrong goal, the wrong dream. And he's like, recalibrate. Quit running in the pack. Somebody needs to chase you. Quit wasting time trying to do what everybody else is doing because we're just all making a mess of this thing. Somebody's going to trip over somebody and somebody's going to die, but it's not because we're chasing the cross. So like, what if that was the thing this year? What if that was what we gathered around this year, this idea of run hard? Like today, what if we decided, no, I'm not, I'm not wasting time this year. This may be my last year. I may not even get to next week. I'm not going to wait till I'm 37 to follow Jesus. I'm not going to wait till I hit retirement to dedicate resources to Jesus. Like today, I'm deciding, yes, Lord. I'll walk in your way and your truth. I prayed a prayer a long time ago saying, I'll surrender. I'm going to step up today. And this year is going to be a year not marked by, I'm going to try to go to church more because that's a waste of time. And you don't see the goal if that's your New Year's thing, right? Like, that's just not it. You need to see him if that's the deal. Or I'm going to serve this year. This is going to be the year. Sometime this year, I'm going to serve. What are you waiting on? You may not make it. What if this was the year we decided, man, I'm going to take this year and I'm going to squeeze everything there is out of it because you know what? I may not get another. And if I don't get another, I want to do something significant because when I stand before you, Jesus, I don't want to hear nice try or should have worked harder. I don't want to hear you, you, you almost figured it out. I want to hear well done. So I'm going to leverage my life and my resources and my days to make that a thing. Well, like, how do you do that, right? Okay, I'm on board. How do you do that? Well, first, you have to see the goal, right? You, you can't run anywhere when you don't know where you're going. And I'm not talking about like, oh, I said that prayer that time, or uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like Jesus and I get grace. I'm talking about like, maybe we just need to pray an honest prayer with him. God, I don't think I see you the way you want me to see you. So God, let me see you. Maybe, maybe that's it for us this year. God, I, I don't think I see you the way that you want me to see you. So open my eyes. 